Welcome back to the It's Fine, I'm Fine podcast. It has been a week or so since I have last recorded anything, um, and in these past couple weeks, there's been a lot going on in my life. Um, I kind of had to push the podcast on the back burner a little bit, um, but I'm back. Don't worry. Didn't go anywhere. Didn't quit already. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I just kind of want to explain myself a little bit, not even explain myself. That's not what I meant at all. (laughs) I meant, I just want to kind of do a check-in, um, have a little chat, um, give you a little life update, I guess. So basically to be very transparent, um, last week I had a not so great week dealing with my mental health. Um, I just kind of, to put it in better terms, played with fire and got burnt. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. I played with fire, got burnt, um, and it messed me up a little bit, which is fine. We've had this discussion on this podcast before. You live and you learn. Um, So yeah, that just kind of messed me up a little bit last week, and I think that I just uh, spiraled myself out a little bit. So last week, um, definitely in the beginning of the week, I was just barely getting out of bed in the morning. Um, you know, my alarm would go off in the morning and I would just be like, I can't get out of bed. Like I was just that bad. Um, and then I would go to work because you got to put your big girl panties on and (laughs) big girl panties, big girl pants (laughs) on and you got to do what you got to do and life goes on. So, you know, I went to work, but then I would come home from work and, um, go straight to bed (laughs) and just, it was bad. I was, I was seeing myself going into a bad cycle again. And and I was like, no, 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 we're not going to do this. So, um, I let myself have, you know, two days where I just kind of let myself be sad and, Um, I let myself, you know, do nothing. Um, And then on the third day of feeling this way, I was like, all right, let's get out of it, girl. Like, you need to get out of bed. We're going to get up. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to, we're not going to do this. We're not going to put ourselves in um, a dark place. Again, we're going to pull ourselves out of it. That's what I did. So I'm proud of myself. I pulled myself out of a dark place last week. So that was definitely a win. Um, But yeah, I also had some of my um, best friends from high school in town. So that was a lot of fun. Um, These girls have been like my ride or dies for the last, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I think my one friend Kate and I have been best friends since we were in junior high, maybe even elementary school. So like a long time. Um, And then my best friend Natalie, her and I have been best friends since high school So we are all these like soul sisters and, um, being with them just like, it just makes me feel like myself again. It's just like, I'm going back to who I was when I was, you know, 16 and carefree and, um, yeah. So they came in town. We haven't seen each other in over a year. I think, I think it's about a year. We haven't seen each other. So they came into town and they stayed with me and it was so much fun. Um, they came from a Friday to a Monday morning and we, it was chaotic, (laughs) but it was so much fun. So 
yeah, basically on Friday, we, um, I picked them up from the airport at like 10 o'clock in the morning and, and we're all like psychotic alcoholics, <laughs> not really alcoholics, but we call ourselves that. And we were like, well, let's go get, you know, let's get the weekend started. Let's go have some drinks. So, um, I picked them up from the airport and if you are familiar with like the area in Nashville, the airport's kind of on the, it's on the east side of town and at 10 o'clock in the morning, you can't really go get like a drink anywhere, especially by the airport. So we were like, well, where can we go where we can like get breakfast and maybe have some mimosas at 10 a.m.? Um, and I was like, Cracker Barrel. So we went to Cracker Barrel, um, which is so funny. I think it's so fucking great that they sell alcohol now at Cracker Barrel. So we went to Cracker Barrel at like 10 a.m. when I got them from the airport. Um, we had mimosas, got the day started. It was just the best way to start the weekend in the whole day. Um, but then we went out on Friday. Um, both of them have been to Nashville before, but I, I've never taken them out to anywhere other than Broadway, I think. I don't think either of them have ever not been on Broadway <clears throat> or gone to like other parts of, you know, Nashville to go out. So I was like, well, we're going to go to some fun spots, some more, I guess, local spots. Um, for the afternoon. So we ended up going to Losers and Winners, um, which is a fun place. We were actually at Losers, I think maybe three times throughout the day and night. <laughs> we would like leave and then come back. Um, but yeah, so we started there and it was so funny. We like made a joke of it at the end of our trip where, you know, there was each night that we went out or each day we went out, one of us had our moment, like our our moment to shine. <laughs> so Friday night was my moment. I got the most fucked up. Um, I definitely blacked out hundred percent. Don't remember. We went to losers. I guess I said we went there three times. I don't remember the two other, the two last times we went no recollection. <laughs> so that's great. Um, and then Natalie's night was on Saturday and then Kate's was on Sunday. So I'll kind of like, I'll give you a brief description of what we did <clears throat> um, and some funny moments. So on Friday night, we ended up, we were at Losers at like 2 p.m. And then we migrated our way over to Tin Roof. And if you're familiar with any, if you've been to a Tin Roof at all, I'm, they have a, a bunch of locations, not just in Nashville, but um, in Nashville, Nashville specifically, they have one downtown like off Broadway or on Broadway, I don't remember, but they also have one in Demumbrian, which is a black hole. We call it everybody that I'm friends with, everybody here, it's a black hole. Um, I don't remember shit when I go there. I don't remember shit when I leave. You walk in there and you're instantly intoxicated, and it's just it's a good ass time, but I never remember going there ever. So we ended up going there for a little bit, um, and I think this is where my night on Friday starts. <laughs> um, I, I'm a beer girl through and through. I'm a Miller Lite girl. I will always be, but for some reason this weekend, I just couldn't drink beer. I would try to take a drink of it. And then I would be like, I want to gag. I can't do this this weekend. And it's very weird for me. Um, and my friend Natalie was drinking, uh, vodka sodas. And she was like, just drink vodka. It's a vodka weekend. We're going to go. It's, it's liquor. We're doing liquor. And I was like, okay. So then I like had a, a vodka soda at Tin Roof. And I was like, yep. 
Here we go. So I had quite a bit to drink at Tin Roof. I think we had a couple drinks there, maybe like four or five drinks there. And then they had these drinks, these shots at Tin Roof called White Walkers. And they are the death of me. Um, They're so fucking good, though. They are, gosh, what are they? It's the Coconut Red Bull and then Deep Eddie's Lemonade Vodka. The most amazing combination in the entire world. Um, So I took maybe three of those shots at Tin Roof. And then this is where I don't remember anything. We we walked back to Losers. um, And then we left Losers again. I don't know why we left again. (laughs) We went to another bar. um, And then we went back to Losers. That's where we ended the night. We didn't get back home Friday night until like, I think, 2 o'clock in the morning. It was wild. That's the latest I've been out in a long time and the most I think I've drank in a long time. Um, but it was so much fun. We just like danced to the to the bands and I don't know, like I just haven't gone out and done that in so long. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then on Saturday, we ended up, you know, going back out. We took on Broadway. It's funny because I always say like when people come to Nashville to visit me, I'm like, ugh we don't have to do Broadway, do we? Like we can do other places, but it's, it's like to a fault. It's going to happen. Like, it's just the inevitable. We're going to go to Broadway. I always end up on Broadway. (laughs) So we actually went out on Broadway Saturday night. Um, we went to this, it's a newer honky tonk. I forget what it's called. Bastard saloon or something. I don't know. It's a newer, it was newer to me. Like I had not been there before in my life, but it was a blast they were like pop punk bands like playing so they were doing like paramore and like um I, it was just it was so good it was so so good and it was it's kind of nice to switch it up because when you go out obviously in Nashville you're getting a lot of country bands um which is great I love country music but it was just so fun to go to a place that like had those kind of bands um so we were there all night I think that we we went to Printer's Alley first which if you haven't you've I've never gone to Printer's Alley here in Nashville. It's actually a lot of fun. Um, It's not on Broadway. It's off Broadway, but it's this like really cute, basically an alley, and it has a bunch of bars and restaurants and stuff, and it's really fun. Um, We went to a blues bar, and it was full of like middle-aged men and women. It's where we started our night on Saturday, and it was so fun. The band there played like all like 80s music, and it was really cool, but it was full of middle-aged men and women, and it was, they were like, insane. They were going crazy for this band. Um, so me and my friend Natalie like had some drinks there and some shots and we were just like dancing with like the older ladies and it was so fun. Um, but that's when we decided to like walk to Broadway. So we were at Broadway the whole night, the whole night, um, at that one bastard saloon. And it was so fun. We left at like, once again, two o'clock in the morning, uh, got back to my house and then, um, Sunday we went to brunch and it was just a lot of fun. I just, it felt really good to have my old friends in town and, you know, it just takes you back. And like these girls have been, you know, in my life for so long and they've seen me through so many seasons and they have, you know, like I said before, been my true ride or dies. And, um, yeah, so that was nice to like have them in town and it was at a really right or at a really good time. Um, the timing was just really good, and, and it was distracting me from a lot. Um, but it was super good for my soul and my heart to have my girls in town. So 
that happened last weekend. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like the update. That's just what I've been into and kind of why I've been MIA on the podcast. Um, just have been having a lot of mental health stuff going on, which happens, you know, not every day is good. Um, but yeah, so that's just been the update there. So I want to talk about these new albums. And if you know me, you know which albums I'm going to be talking about. Um, that just came out, uh, the Red Taylor's version and Adele's new album. I have a lot to say <laughs> about these albums. Um, you guys know that I am a big music lover, obviously, and I'm somebody that music impacts my life so much. And if we didn't have it, I don't know who I would be. I don't know where I would be. I don't know. I would just be a lost human being. It's everything to me. So we'll start with Taylor Swift's album. The minute the Taylor Swift released, or not released, but said that she was going to be releasing her albums, re-recording her albums and putting them out, I instantly was like, oh my God, Red. <laughs> Red is one of my, it's my top Taylor Swift album. Um, and first of all, We'll start with the fact that it is so badass that Taylor Swift is re-recording her albums. If you're new here or if you're new to the whole Taylor Swift thing, um, basically Taylor Swift is re-recording all of her albums because she basically just wants to own the rights to all of her songs. And I think it's amazing and I think it's so badass. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, she's incredible. She's the GOAT whatever I'll leave it there I know Taylor Swift's like a big controversy like you either really love her or you really don't like her but I personally love her so um yeah when she was like I'm releasing my new I'm releasing my albums and um I'm re-recording them I was like oh my god she's doing red it's gonna be incredible like I'm not gonna be okay when she does it at all I remember when she released it the first time where I was at my life then and it was such an impactful album for me back then when it first came out so when she she did fearless first that was the first album that she had re-recorded um and then she announced red would be the second one and I lost my shit um so she also released like she's really re-releasing the album but she's also put songs out from the vault um songs that almost made the album but didn't and I was just like, oh, I remember like the heartbroken little, I don't even know how old I was when it first came out, maybe like, oh, like 16, 17 year old me, I think maybe that's how old I was. I remember like a heartbroken little girl, I, you know, back then when that album came out, I was like, oh, this saved my life back then. But um, she really dropped this new re-recording of Red at the best time in my life right now. And when it came out, it was just like hearing it for the first time all over again. Um, it was just such an impactful album then, and it's just as impactful now on me at where I'm at in my life right now and the things that I've been through since then. It just, it, it, it like, it grew with me. This album grew with me. And um, it's, it's beautiful. If you haven't listened to it yet, you should. It's like the best she's ever done, I personally think. Um, I think her vault songs are incredible, incredible. My favorites, 
um, of the re-recordings are definitely treacherous. I think that she killed the re-recording of that. It just, for some reason, sounds so much sadder (laughs) on this re-recording. She put out her version of Better Man. Um, If you didn't know, Taylor Swift wrote the Little Big Towns. They have that hit song, Better Man. Taylor Swift wrote it. Um, And her version of it is fucking heartbreaking. It's so good. Um, what else? Oh, of course, we cannot do this and not talk about All Too Well. The 10-minute version of All Too Well wrecked me. Wrecked me. There's like, I think, three or four extra verses that she added into the song. And I mean, that were originally written to the song and she had to cut them out to like fit it into like a three-minute song. First of all, All Too Well is like the saddest Taylor Swift song she's ever written. It's heartbreaking. And I remember like... You know, I said that when this album first came out, I was kind of going through it, but I was like a 16, 17 year old girl going through her first heartbreak. So back then I was like, oh, all too well. I feel this. This is my song. (laughs) And, you know, when she put out the re-released version of it, um, the 10 minute version of it, it just, it's like the, the, the verses that we hadn't heard before, the new ones, I was like, oh my God, somehow they resonate with me now in my life as a 25-year-old girl who's gone through some shit. Um, so yeah, it just, it's, it just, it's crazy to me how this album has grown with me and how it just, it affects me more now being 25. You know, you can reminisce in the past and be like, oh, when this album came out, I was in this place in my life and I was going through this heartbreak. And, um, but to have the song like a new version of the song come out and it resonate with me now and who I am now is just, it's beautiful. It's insane. I don't know how she does it. She's incredible. I will be a Taylor Stan for the rest of my life and I don't even care. <laughs> who knows it? I don't care. Um, yeah, it's just so good. If you haven't listened to it yet, you should do it because it is just incredible. And side note, fuck Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Or just going to throw that one out there. Sorry, Jakey. Sorry. Another album that just released last week, last Friday. Also, these women are like killing me. Blondie releases Red, which is like the most, it's literally a heartbreak or an album about heartbreak. A week later, Adele, who is like the queen of sadness (laughs) and just amazing songs in general, that just put you in your feels, releases her in very highly anticipated album. She hasn't put anything out in a long freaking time, like six years maybe, maybe longer than that. She drops her album 30, which this girl just went through a whole ass divorce. It was messy. I, when she said that she was releasing this album, I was like, oof, this one is gonna rock my world. And it didn't disappoint. When it came out, I anticipated this album being, like, just all about, like, heartbreak. Like, just every song being about, like, love and heartbreak and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it is, but it's also not at the same time. Like, she, every song, you know, she's a song that's about her son. Like, she's a kid. She's a son. He's, like, nine years old. And the songs that are, like, to her son are so much more heartbreaking than the ones that are, you know, clearly about her, her ex-husband. And it's just, she also goes into like, um, 
you know, her self-discovery, like her being like, I'm a messy human being in the past six years of my life. I don't, I didn't know who I was and I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, her like self-discovery and those songs, um, are so relatable. And I think that we, if you've listened to this album, I think that a lot of people relate to that. Like, you know, she's, we, we kind of, you know, in your twenties, that's basically all you're doing is fucking up doing really great you think you're doing really great you're fucking up and then you know you're it's just a cycle of doing that for like 10 years of your life and I'm sure people are still doing that in their 30s but um the way that she she wrote these songs is just so relatable and I think that's what makes it hurt worse or hurt more um like her song what's what's it called um I drink wine if you have not listened to that song yet and you are in your in your 20s and you have no idea what the fuck you're doing with your life, you need to go listen to it because it is going to make you cry. And if you don't cry, then you have a cold heart. <laughs> but it's just so good. Ugh, I'll read you some of the lyrics. Like I don't want to, you know, give you too much away, but her, the lyrics to the song, she starts off the song with, how can one become so bounded by choices that somebody else makes? How come we've both been, or how, how come we've both become a version of a person we don't even like? Oh, that is just, it's so relatable. Every word is so relatable. She basically is saying like, how did we, you know, like become people that are, we have become our mistakes. Like how did we become people that we don't like? You know, we've talked in this pod or I've talked in this podcast before about how like, for a while, like I looked in a mirror and I didn't like who I was. I didn't like who I was at all. And I think that we all go through that phase at some point in our lives where we look in a mirror and we're like, ew, who am I? Who is this person? You know, like, and you also think, you know, that you are made up of your mistakes in life and there's no way that you could ever, you know, fix yourself or not be, or not get your shit together. And it's just, it's so relatable. This song makes me cry every time I listen to it. You have to go listen to it if if you haven't yet. It's so, so good. Um, I'll read another line that blows me away. It is, they say to play hard, you work hard. Find balance in the sacrifice, yet I don't know anybody who's truly satisfied. Just hit the nail on the head with a hammer with that one. Like finding balance in life, like we're all trying to like have a social life have a career, have a relationship, do all these things, I'll get eight hours of sleep. Like you, you know, we're trying to all do this, but it's like trying to find the balance. Is anybody really satisfied? Like, is anybody really living a fulfilled life right now? It just makes you think this whole album just really makes you think about life in general. It's so good. So, so good. I'll read you one more line and then I'll just leave it at that. Um, this is the chorus. It says, so I hope I learned to get over myself. Stop trying to be somebody else so we can love each other for free. Everybody wants something. You just want me. Just, I, it, it, it just blows me away. This whole song is so amazing. And, oh, I can't, I don't even have words to, to talk about this album. It's just so good. Rolling Stone called it her best album yet. And I completely agree. I don't think she's sounded, she just sounds so like 
fierce and she she's just it's so vulnerable I think this is the most vulnerable she's ever been you know thus far in her career and it's like people that have big feelings it just she makes you feel like you're not alone in that and I definitely think that um me being somebody that I am a deep feeling human being um I just think that I have um I have a big heart and I know that and I think sometimes my me having a big heart gets me in trouble um I think that you know people will say like if you're too emotional or if you are too giving or you're showing too much kindness, you're going to get taken advantage of. And that makes you not want to be that way. That makes you want to like kind of be cold. Um, so it's just really refreshing, I think, to have an artist that's this big and she's, you know, around your age, around my age. She's singing for, you know, my generation, of people, um, you know, the people that are figuring out their shit and the people that are feeling big things, um, and being able to, you know, show that vulnerable side. Um, it's really inspiring. And I think that she is just relating so much to people at this, at this point in her career with this new album. And I also think that she's diving into with a lot of these songs, like the emotional, transitions that we're all kind of going through at this age um and how it's okay that it feels complicated because it is complicated like nothing that I you know have done thus far since I guess being in my 20s has felt easy nothing has felt easy nothing has felt like I know what I'm doing like I have got all my ducks in line I you know and I and I think she touches on that a lot in this album Um, and I think that it's just so bold of her to really, you know, dig deep into the uncomfortable, ugly parts of the past, you know, how many years of her life with her divorce. And she goes into how her, she knew her relationship with her son wasn't great and her relationship with herself wasn't great. So she had to really work on, you know, like I have to work on my relationship with myself before I can be good for other people in other relationships. And I think that that is so, so important that she touches, touches on that. But yeah, I mean, Adele can't do wrong. I don't think Adele does wrong ever. (laughs) But this album was just by far the best thing that she has ever done. And it just, like I said about about the Taylor Swift album, it just came out at the perfect time for me. Um, And I think a lot of people can relate to that as well. Specifically for me, I think with these, you know, these two albums that, that just came out, Taylor's Red version, or, oh my God. Red Taylor's version and Adele's 30 album. For me, there was a lot of love lost this year and in gained for sure. And I think these two albums were like the perfect mix. Um, and they were, they're just, they were, it's, it's been so impactful and they could not have come out at a better time for me. Um, I think right now in the grand scheme of things, with relationships, um, especially in like my, my love life, my dating life. Um, 
I think that they have just really been like a, uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> they've definitely been like a saving grace for me since they've been released. Cause I've been going through it for sure. You know, I can't hide that. I can't act like everything's fine and dandy and there's nothing going on. Um, I think that they've just been really saving my life. And all I do is I get in the car when I feel like shit, (laughs) when I feel sad and I'll just throw these albums on and yeah, they make me sad and I cry my eyes out, but it's the best therapy. Music is the best therapy and it's, it's definitely been helping me. And I'm just so grateful for these two amazing women who make beautiful music and speak their truth and they, you know, they're vulnerable and they'll let people in on, you know, on their, on their lives and, and it helps other people not feel so alone. So I'm just so grateful for these two albums and I just, I had to talk about them because I love, 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 love them so much. And I guess to kind of like segue into it, um, these two albums coming out that are all about, (laughs) pretty much both of these albums are about getting your heart broken. Um, I think that for me, um, it's just, I don't know, I'm in a weird place with dating. I think, I I really, honestly, I really don't date anymore. I try. I've like downloaded and deleted dating apps and it's just, they're the worst. I hate them. (laughs) I'm really shy in in public. And so going up to somebody at a bar and being like, Hey, hi, I'm Connor. Like, I just, I don't, I can't do that. So I just, I don't know. I just don't date. I think I'm just, I'm uninterested because I don't think that I'm fully healed, which is fine. And I, and I also think I'm protecting my heart. Actually, I know like 100% that I'm protecting my heart. Um, And anytime I talk to a guy or, you know, I go out with a guy, I can feel myself putting walls up. And it's crazy that I feel that way because I'll also tell you that I am the biggest hopeless romantic in the entire world. I am. I love love. I love, you know, I'll act like I don't and I'll be like, oh, when I see a couple on the street. But I do. I love love. And I think that it's the most amazing thing in the world, but I am also so scared of it. I am petrified of it. Um, and I don't know why I have, you know, I have so many like amazing couples around me that give me such a good idea of what love should be and, and what a real relationship should be. So there's nobody around me that's like, making me jaded. I guess maybe it's just my own experience in it. Um, which even experience wise, um, I don't have a lot of experience in it really. It's, it's hard for me. I have a very hard time making connections with people. Um, that's, that's friendships and relationships, but they're important to me. Connections are important to me. And and I know when I have one with someone, um, and I know when I don't. And like, I'll instantly, you know, if you and I are having a conversation, I'll instantly feel that, you know, you feel it like the, the spark. Um, so, and that doesn't come easy for me at all. 
uh, there are, it's very rare that I meet somebody and I feel like that spark, which I guess you're, I don't know, that's how it's supposed to feel. I don't know. So yeah, I've only had two guys that I've ever been serious about my entire life. I've only said, I love you to two guys <laughs> twice in my life because I don't just throw that word around like it's confetti. It means something to me. It means everything to me, really. And it's hard for me to go there with someone because, you know, the whole connection thing. Like, And I, I'm very protective of my peace and I'm very protective of my heart. Um, and I think with each disappointment, it just gets higher and higher and higher and harder and harder and harder for me. Um, so when I do, when I, when I know it's real, um, you know, when I feel it, that connection, and I do say, I love you and I want to say it, that's when I know it's real. But yeah, I've only ever been there twice with, with guys. Um, I have also a hard time. I think it kind of goes together here. So when that happens, um, I have a hard time in relationships and friendships, letting go of love because I think it's so hard for me to even love someone to begin with. So when I do, I don't ever stop. Um, I still have love in my heart for people that I don't even speak to. I want to see you succeed. I want to see you happy. I care about your well-being. Um, and some of these people have done me so dirty and have said not great things about me. And there's no reason for me to, to keep that love in my heart for them sometimes. But I don't respond to hate with hate. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry you feel that way about me. <laughs> or you have to paint a picture of me in your head as the bad guy to help you sleep at night. But I won't respond back the same way. Like once I love you and care about you, you are somebody that I love and care about, you know, for the rest of my life. Once you're in my heart, it's hard to get you out. Um, and I think, like I said before, I have a huge heart and I, sometimes I feel like it's too big for my chest and I extend it to too many people when I shouldn't, not too many people, but when I do extend it to people, um, I see, you know, I try to see the good in everybody and that gets me in trouble too, a hundred percent. And just having a big heart sucks sometimes. It's like a blessing and it's a curse. And some days I don't know which side I fall on because it's like you feel everything. You feel all the good things and it, and it feels amazing. And that's like the positive part of it. But also, you know, when you have a big heart, you feel all the bad things and it hurts really, really bad. So that's the negative part. So it's definitely like it's a blessing and it's also a curse. Um, and I think also I feel like it's it, it's the worst part of me and it's the best part of me. Um, if you had to ask <laughs> if somebody said, what do you think is, you know, your best quality and what's your worst quality? I would say I have a huge heart. And my worst quality is that I have a huge heart because I let people walk all over me sometimes. And I let, um, I let myself sit on the back burner a lot. And, and I help too much. 
I trust too much, I give too much, love too much. And then it's like, I also hurt the most at the end of the day. And it sucks because I expect everyone to care as much as I do, you know, and that's just not how it works. Not everybody has the same level of, you know, being able to extend the same amount of love as I do. And I think that that is just kind of why heartbreak hurts so bad for me. Um, I've never, I haven't, I've only been heartbroken, I think, twice in my life. One, you know, when I was younger and, and one pretty recently. Um, but I think that that's why it just takes it out of me because I give everything, you know, I put 150% into my relationships and when I don't get that back, it hurts just as bad. And it sucks because I think that sometimes people look at it as like, oh, she's too sensitive or she's too emotional or she's crazy or, you know, and, and I always hated that because it's like I never, I never showed anything but, you know, kindness and appreciation and, you know, I put you before me when I shouldn't have and it just sucks to have people look at it in that negative, you know, in such a negative way. And I think also being somebody, you know, that is an empath and um, sees the good in everybody, I think that that sucks too on my end. It's also a blessing and a curse because, yes, you are, you know, you're big enough to see that somebody has good in them and, you know, you want it so bad to, like, help them bring that good out and you see it and you know it's there, but it's also a curse in a way where, you want to change somebody or you, you want to help them be better, but at the end of the day, you can't fix that. You can't do that. Only that person can do it. And that really sucks because then you flip it on yourself and you're like, well, why, why couldn't I? Like, why, why can't I do this? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I make this person change or why can't I bring out this person's good side? And it's just, it's a cycle. Like, you know, the same thing as being a, good heart in general, you know, the blessing and the curse. It's seeing the good in somebody is a blessing and a curse because it hurts you just as bad as it makes you feel good knowing that, you know, you brought out their good side. It sucks just as bad when it flips and they won't show you the good side anymore. And you're trying so hard to fix that and make them change. Because at the end of the day, nobody's going to change for anybody but themselves. And, um, I think I'm learning that definitely in therapy, um, kind of how to just, it, when to learn to back away and to stop trying to fight for people, you know, and, and want to make them change for the better. Um, and that isn't a whole thing, <laughs> whole, whole other thing, which is loving from a distance, um, which has been a struggle for me specifically with, um, this whole, you know, heartbreak I'm going through now is I don't know how to do that. We, I, you know, we talked about this before, like when I love you and I care about you, 
I love you hard and I care about you a lot and like it's hard for me to disconnect. But I'm learning that loving from a distance is so crucial. It's hard. It's hard to do, but you can do it. It's possible. And it's also very, very important to protect yourself and to protect your own heart. Um, I read this quote and I have to read it to you because when I read it, I was like, oh, it like hit me in the heart and it was just so good. Um, It says, I choose to love you in silence for in silence, I find no rejection. I choose to love you in loneliness for in loneliness, loneliness, no one owes you but me. I choose to adore you from a distance, for distance will shield me from pain. I choose to kiss you in the wind, for the wind is gentler than my lips. I choose to hold you in my dreams, for in my dreams you have no end. I think it goes along with being able to, you know, set boundaries with yourself. And I will be the first to tell you that I am the worst (laughs) at setting boundaries. Um, Which is kind of what, you know, a lot of like, me being in a mental health spiral was about last week. Um, I just, I set boundaries or I say I'm going to set these boundaries and then I completely break them. Um, and then I end up getting hurt and I'm like, Oh, why, why can't I just, you know, like, why am I like this? Why do I keep doing this? And, you know, at the end of the day, love shouldn't hurt. And, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It shouldn't be, an intensely devastating, all-consuming obsession. It shouldn't make you stay up at night and cry your eyes out until you fall back asleep. It shouldn't make you anxious all day. But it's just, it's knowing when, you know, you've been hurt over and over and over again, when to step away and set that initial boundary. Because honestly, at the end of the day, we teach others how they should love us by how we love ourselves. So if you're not, you know, I I learned this the hard way, trust me, like I'm not trying to like say, you know, sound like a hypocrite here, but I I really did learn the hard way. Like you have to respect yourself enough to show other people to respect you, you know? And sometimes loving someone from a distance is better than having, you know, your feelings get hurt over and over and over and over again. And like, this can be like, you know, loving somebody from a distance romantically, or it can be like a family member or a friend that, you know, you love them and you know, you're always going to love them and you're always going to have, you know, a special place for them in your heart. Maybe they aren't treating you or respecting you in the way that you deserve, or, you know, they've become a toxic person in your life. And, And you have to step away from that. You know, you can try your best and you can give your all. And there's just, there's so much that you can give until you have nothing left yourself. And I think that that's when, for me especially, you know, you give and give and give until you are empty. And that's when I I think I knew that it was time for me to, you know, stop. And I have to take a step back. And instead of trying to fight so hard to be, you know, like the person on the sidelines or a a person on the sidelines in the other person's life. Like you fight so hard to have a spot in that person's life. You have to find, get to a place where, you know, you have to be okay with watching them, you know, from the bleachers and, and stepping away and taking yourself out of that situation and, you know, 
putting yourself at a distance with somebody. And for me, like my personal reasoning behind it is I I don't want to feel anxious anymore. I want, you know, I want my energy to be good. I want good energy around me. Um, I'm, you know, I can't be manipulated. Um, my joy isn't being compromised. And I think I've also just come to a conclusion that it's just the only way that I can, you know, love said person who is special to me is from a distance. It's the only way that works right now because there's just a lot that has happened and a lot that has hurt me. And like I said, I feel like I've definitely been, you know, closed off. I'm starting to close myself off again. And, you know, if you've been hurt at the end of the day, like I just want to forgive, you know, from my perspective and it's not only to clear the air, it's just, or not really like to, you know, be at a good place in the future. It just, it frees me from the heavy emotional weight of bitter feelings. I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be jaded. And, you know, of course I'm still going to care about, you know, the other person and I'm going to want to see them succeed and I want them happy and, um, you know, I don't want to get emotional. I hate crying. But yeah, sometimes you you have to. There's no other choice. Sometimes you just have to love somebody from a distance because they have caused you so much pain and and you know, that doesn't mean that the love goes away just because they've hurt you, unfortunately. I wish that that was the case for I wish that was the case, you know, don't you? I wish you could just like flip a switch and be like, "Ugh, you hurt me. I hate you." Like, oh, like, it's not how it works. It's not how it works, especially for me. If you are somebody that is like me that just has a big heart and extends that to other people, it's hard. It really is hard um, because there are just some people that make permanent marks on your heart. No matter what shit you go through, that mark always stays there. So that's why, for me, I have to love from a distance, but it's hard It's really difficult, you know, because I want to be vocal and I want to scream it off a rooftop when I feel it, you know, let the whole world know. But if it's only hurting you, if you're at a, if you're at a place where, you know, it's only hurting you and and it's not benefiting you at all and you've spoken your piece and you've been extremely honest with the other person about how you feel and you're still, you know, ending up hurt at the end of the day, you just, you have to learn how to do it. And that's what I'm doing right now. That's what I'm working on is, you know, learning how to stand in the bleachers and, and love from a distance (laughs) and let go. And that's hard. And it's one of the most painful things I've ever had to do because like you, at the end, like you kind of hate yourself. You're like, I don't want to have all these feelings for somebody that I know has hurt me and has done me wrong. And, you know, I want to just be able to be like, fuck this, I'm done. But we don't choose. We don't get to choose. We don't choose who we end up falling for. We don't choose, you know, who we're attracted to. It doesn't matter. It really is out of our control. I don't know. It's just, it's a shitty situation all around because it just is. And it's something that I'm 
struggling with right now. And it's something that I'm also trying to figure out right now. So if you are also in the same boat as me, um, and you're trying to learn how to do that, just know you're not alone in that. And just know that it's okay to, you know, there's nothing wrong with missing someone and there's nothing wrong with, you know, struggling to let go and to figure out what it is you need from them or figure out how you have to get over somebody or it's, it's, it's a messed up thing and it's hard. It's really hard. So you're not alone in that. Um, it also kind of sucks because I think that this might be the loneliest I've ever felt in my life. And I don't know if it's just because of, you know, what I'm going through or, um, it's also almost the holidays and the holidays are really weird. Um, as I've grown up and gotten older and I moved away from my family, it's, I feel like the holidays have kind of gotten, I don't know, kind of sad. Am I the only one that feels that way? Like, I just think that sometimes the holidays are sad and it's just like a little, it's a little thing in like the back of my head or like it's a little thing in the pit of my stomach where I'm like, okay, like, yay, it's the holidays. Like Thanksgiving's coming up. It's going to be Christmas. And, you know, I feel a little bit, I feel giddy. And then there's just something in like the back of my head or like, you know, that that's just like, but it's kind of sad. Like you're alone. <laughs> and I hate that because I'm such a, I, I used to be at least, I don't know, an independent person. And I you know, I value being on my own and and having my own space and all that, but it's just something about the holidays that also bring up that lonely feeling. And like, I don't know if it'll change, you know, like when I have kids or like once I start, you know, becoming an aunt, like, I don't know if it'll be, it'll change if that spark will come back, you know, that little like that feeling you got when you were a kid, you know, about the holidays, just the excitement of it. Like, I don't know if that'll come back, but I miss it. I miss it. Like, do you guys feel that too? Like, or do you do you feel like, I don't know, there's just something missing during the holidays now that we're like all older and we're grown, um, you know, especially us that are like single, you know, don't have kids, don't, you know, see our family for every holiday. Is it just me? Like, do you also feel that like crippling loneliness in the holidays? I don't know. Here I'd bring this up too, just because another segue from that that we just talked about, all that emotional baggage into more emotional baggage. You know, and since Thanksgiving is, well, when you're listening to this, it'll be tomorrow. Um, I don't know. I thought maybe just having a conversation about this could be good as well. Um, I haven't been home for a holiday that's not Christmas in the past three years since moving, moving to Nashville. Um, I went home for Christmas the first year I lived here. And then last year I did not. Um, and this year, thankfully I am very excited, but Yeah, I haven't had a Thanksgiving at home or with a group of people in the last, this would be the third year, Um, which is crazy because, you know, you spend your entire life as a kid, like spending, you know, your holidays when not, I don't know, everyone's different. I shouldn't say everybody because there are some circumstances where people aren't um, and I don't want to discredit those, but I did spend, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, 
Easter, you know, every holiday um, with my extended family. Um, and I'm very blessed that I was able to do that. So it was definitely a big switch when I moved to Nashville because it's hard to get home. <laughs> um, I live, I grew up in Pennsylvania. Obviously, I live here in Nashville now. It's like an 11 hour car ride, sometimes 12 hour car ride. Um, so not just like I'll get in the car and drive home real quick. <laughs> um, and plane tickets are fucking expensive. So flying home comes far and few in between here. But um, yeah, so I kind of, I try to make the best of it. Um, typically, I, I'll just order like takeout on holidays and just like sleep in and lay in bed and drink a bottle of wine and it's fine. And, you know, I go on with my day, but it's also really lonely to be very honest. It's, it's really lonely. Um, my roommate, who was also my cousin, um, we, he's, we grew up in the same hometown, so he also doesn't really get to make it home. So he is here, but he works in, um, the restaurant industry. So he's, you know, that's the biggest, busiest day of the year for them. Holidays are. So he, you know, typically works all day. Um, and yeah, I've just kind of spent the last three years by myself on holidays. Um, but I, if you also feel the same way or like you dread the holidays because you don't get along with your family or maybe you, you just recently got, you know, out of a relationship and, you know, all that stuff, um, this is what like I try to tell myself because I do get sad on holidays because I don't see my family and you just have to remember that feelings are temporary. They come and they go like waves. <laughs> um, I just try to remind myself of that. Like, yeah, I'm going to feel not great today and I'm going to miss my family, but I try to make sure that I FaceTime them and I talk to a lot of people throughout the day. So I'm not letting myself like not be social and let myself sit in that lonely feeling. And I just try to be mindful and stay present for the feelings that I'm having. And like, I want to be aware that I feel lonely, but I don't want to buy into the fact that I'm actually alone. Like it's going to pass. This feeling's going to pass. Like I'm not alone in my life. Like I have amazing family and friends. I'm just not surrounded by them on the holidays. Um, so that's why like I make it a thing to like FaceTime my mom and dad and talk to my brothers and I'll text my friends and I just make sure that I'm reaching out to people. So I, I'm not, I don't feel alone, even though I'm physically spending it by myself, if that makes sense. So that would be my advice. If you're, if you're feeling like, you know, sad about being by yourself, that maybe this is your first year by, being by yourself in the holidays, or maybe, you know, this is something that you do every year, um, by choice or not by choice. Just know that you're not alone in that. There are so many other people that also feel that too. And that's definitely helped me in the past you know, a couple of years since, you know, I've, I've lived here. Um, but yeah, this year it's going to be the same thing. I'm definitely, my plans for Thanksgiving are going to be here by myself. Um, probably going to let myself sleep in. It's a tradition in like my family. When we go back home growing up, um, we would always for holidays, for breakfast, we always use cinnamon rolls. So I try to incorporate like my at home family traditions with like my new being a single gal living by herself, well, not by myself, but like, you know, at home by herself. I try to bring those traditions into my new life, kind of my single life. Um, 
So yeah, I'm probably going to buy some cinnamon rolls, have those for breakfast, let myself sleep in, watch some Christmas movies all day. Um, like I said, FaceTime my family, make sure I'm, you know, talking to people so I'm not feeling like alone, alone. Um, stay in my pajamas all day. Um, maybe I'll order some takeout. I don't remember the last time I ate a Thanksgiving meal, like an actual Thanksgiving meal. I don't even know what I did for Thanksgiving last year, to be honest with you. Last year feels like a blur. (laughs) I don't even know what I did last year. Maybe I did. I don't think I did, but yeah, so it's just kind of, it's trying to shift your mindset and kind of see the the brighter side of it um, and not keep yourself in like that negative space where, you know, you're like, oh, I'm so lonely and I'm sad. I'm all alone. Five points if you know where that's from, what what that movie quotes from. (laughs) Um, And also try to avoid comparing like your holiday experiences to others. And it's, you know, we talked about this in the last episode. Um, about social media and getting on social media and like scrolling through and seeing everybody with their families and everybody, you know, just everyone seems so happy. You don't know what people are going through, through a, you know, through the screen. You don't know what they're putting up behind a post. Um, so yeah, just try to like not compare your experiences or compare your days. Um, and maybe take a break from social media on the holidays And I'm going to touch on this one more time because I actually really think this is super important Um, and the best advice I can give to somebody else that is feeling lonely during the holidays is um, to keep reminding yourself that you're not actually alone. Um, Remember that, you know, you have close relationships in your life, even if you're not in close proximity and just reach out to people and express your, you know, your feelings and your thoughts and, um, it just, it helps you make sure, like, it keeps you, like, in the right mindset of, like, okay, I'm physically alone, but mentally, you know, I have so many people and, and that are, you know, I'm close to, call your loved ones, tell them you're thankful for them, um, and you can recall, you know, all the positives in your life and just be like, I have a job I like, or I'm good at this hobby, and I'm gonna watch movies that make me happy and I'm going to drink good wine and, you know, just trying to keep it positive. Cause I know it's hard to do that all the time, but just, that would be my main advice for you. And, and it's, I know it's easier said than done sometimes because we loneliness is an emotion that you can really get lost in. And I think that I'm in a season in my life where loneliness is definitely really loud at times. So the holidays are definitely something that's kind of triggering for that. I think I'd actually really like to do an episode, like a full podcast episode on that, like being in a lonely season, because I think that that is, it's something that I've never dealt with before until just recently, um, within the past like couple months. Um, and I would love to do that as like a full episode. So if you would be interested in that, let me know your thoughts. Cause I would love to talk about my experience with it because it is new territory for me. And it's also something that I'm, you know, talking with, with my therapist. So I think I definitely want to do a full episode about that. But, um, just with the holiday season, you know, for some of us, you know, there might be some disappointment, some sadness, some loneliness, um, but just know that that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, um, or that you're not grateful. It's a very human thing. Um, you know, especially after the past couple years that we've had with, you know, COVID and the isolation and, 
um, you know, everybody just has a different path and every, everyone's going through their own shit. So know that you're not alone in feeling this way. Know that you can still make it special. You can still make it special with you and yourself. And, you know, if you have pets <laughs> or, um, you know, stuff like that. So just honor your feelings. Don't bury them and pretend that they're not there. Um, talk to your friends and your family. Just know that you are loved and you are cared about. And be loving and compassionate toward yourself. Give yourself grace. And I think above all, we need to learn to not be afraid of loneliness. Once again, like I said, I'm in this lonely season, which I can go into full detail about um, in a different episode if you want. But, you know, whether it's our own loneliness or somebody else's loneliness, it's, you know, it might not just be during the holidays, but at any time, instead of feeling guilty or ashamed about it, um, we should be curious about it and willing to explore and, and, you know, fight against the loneliness. And even though it's very unpleasant to feel it, um, how can we, you know, support ourselves or support loved ones who are feeling this way. Just keep that in mind this holiday season um, if you are feeling that way. And if you are feeling that way ever at all, just know that my DMs are always open on Instagram. Um, to all of my friends that may be listening, you have my cell phone number. If you ever feel that way, please call me. I would love to talk to you and support you. Um, but yeah, you can always reach out to me and we can have a conversation. Like I said, my DMs are always open. My phone line is always open. Um, so don't hesitate to reach out if you feel like you need somebody, especially during this time of the year, because I totally get it. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Um, it was kind of all over the place, I know, but I had a lot to kind of dive into this week um, since I have missed the last two weeks, feels like. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can DM me at, at Connor Bryan or DM the podcast Instagram at it's the it's fine. I'm fine podcast. I always forget the the um, <laughs> or you can email me at the it's fine. I'm fine podcast at gmail.com. And I would love to keep the conversation going with you. Um, I'm excited to jump into next week's episode as well. So I hope you guys keep listening and thank you again so much for listening. Um, your words, your kind words have been amazing and I'm just so grateful and yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Have a great Thanksgiving y'all.